Hello, and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Miss Americana, the new Netflix documentary uh, focusing on the last few years of Taylor Swift's life. And to talk about this, I am thrilled to be joined by my friend, Sydney Weiss. Sydney, thanks for joining me. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so Sydney was here about a year ago talking about... uh, RBG and On the Basis of Sex, the two Ruth Bader Ginsburg movies from the year of movies in 2018. And uh, I'm really happy to have her back because uh, she's one of the bigger Taylor Swift fan friends I have. And I thought, and I, and I saw you post about this, Sydney, and I thought, oh, she'd be a really cool person to talk about this with. Cause, and, I, and I just had a lot of thoughts. When I, when I actually started a documentary, I don't even think I actually had that in mind. I think I had seen you post about this, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, at least one person whose taste I trust says it's good. But I, I hadn't even <laughs> thought of it. Well, it was just a Netflix documentary documentary that kind of came out at like I was trying to get ready for the Oscars I do this big podcast where I like have like my seven most frequent guests from the year give their top tens and I had a lot going on I had no intention of doing a document uh, doing a podcast about it and and I and then I just started watching I was like wow I got some thoughts so I so I hit Sydney up so Sydney I guess the first thing I'm gonna ask you because uh this this documentary it, it covers a lot of ground it talk it, it does flash a little bit back to Taylor Swift childhood it talks about her, uh, basically the what she's gone through in life as she's made her last couple albums uh, before Reputation and some of the strife in her life that inspired a lot of the songwriting that went into that and then how she bounced back with Lover and how she also went through her own political awakening. So it covers a lot of ground, but I think one constant throughout the documentary that underlies just a lot of the different uh, topics that it touches on is Taylor Swift's relationship with her fans. So I want to ask you, as someone who has lived her entire life in the state of California, uh, (laughs) in Los Angeles specifically, and uh, not that country music isn't like a national thing, but I think it's a much bigger presence in the part of the country that I grew up in. And so I was like pretty familiar with Taylor Swift from the time her first album dropped. I'm curious with you about, about you, like when did you first become a Taylor Swift fan how far back does your fandom go was it something where you're actually just a closet country music fan and living in los angeles or did you become more intimately familiar with her when she kind of started moving away from that with red in 1989 what's your t swift uh history like well i'm definitely not a closeted country music fan i've always been a country music fan since like i don't know probably like freshman or sophomore year of high school i remember listening to her music like in high school um so i've been a taylor swift fan for as long as i can remember went to like some of her earlier concerts where it was just like purely country um i remember going to like the staples center with my friends and then my sisters so um yeah been a t-swift fan for a really long time and it's been cool to watch her like shift from country to pop and then to share this really candid look at her life through the documentary yeah i'm i would say only well people that have actually know me or listen to the podcast know that i like to refer to myself as a musical luddite it's just 
I just don't know a lot about music <laughs> compared to most people our age. Uh, I always, I've always told people over the last 10 years that the four most common artists on my iPod were, or three most common artists on my iPod were Taylor Swift, Bruce Springsteen, and Michael Jackson. Feel a little iffy about the last one of those nowadays, but the fact is, like, I just had like odd tastes where like I like certain artist songs and she was one of them and I listened to most of her stuff and this went all the way back to Taylor Swift and the the album Taylor Swift which was her debut album and her first one but like I mean I I enjoyed her crossover into pop as well like 1989 is probably still my favorite album of her so I I've just I've always been a fan and so I, I I would say that I don't come at like this from the most objective point of view whereas like I, I feel like I've been in the tank for her for a while but you know. It, it seems like even before the the second big kerfuffle with Kanye West that came that the a documentary does touch on that dealt with when he did the famous music video even before that like which i really think spurred a lot of the public backlash she got and a lot of the struggle she was going through that kind of informed her songwriting as she wrote reputation she's always been someone still that's like had a I don't want to say divisive because she obviously has a big fan base, but always had a, a section of the media and a section of the population that just didn't like her for whatever reason. And I think that's where the documentary largely starts, but it's a, it's a through line throughout that like, you know, she always wanted to be liked. And I've always believed that she has the best of intentions. And I, I never stopped believing that. Even if I was like, I can see maybe where some people are coming from. I was like, I always thought she meant well. And I like people that mean well and try to be nice to people. And that's, you're, you're going to be on my side. And I, I, I actually, before we started recording, I started rewatching at least the first half of the documentary because I'd already actually rewatched the, the political conversation that takes up the latter half of it because I just found that yeah. part really interesting and we'll talk about that. But like she's talking from the very beginning of the documentary about one thing that's always meant a lot to me is that, you know, I, I, I just want to do the right thing. And she keeps talking about that over and over again. And, you know, there's just a lot of there, – there are celebrities out there that just – for whatever reason, or even athletes that like are just not liked, but for no other clear reason than the fact that they want people to like them a lot. I don't know how, how aware you are of this, but there was like a time for like, from like maybe like, I don't know, 2010 to 2016, where like a lot of people just didn't like Anne Hathaway, but no mm-hmm. one really knew why they didn't like Anne Hathaway. No one really yeah. knew that why that was a thing. And it was very inexplicable and very unfair. A lot of people thought, oh, she's just like a theater kid that wanted to be liked too much. And, like, I always really sympathize with that. Same thing with Dwight Howard, who I know has spent some time in Los Angeles on a couple of occasions. You're probably somewhat of a Lakers fan. and But, like, before he went back to the Lakers this time, it was like they had to sit down with him and be like, Dwight, you need to be cool. We want people to like you, but, you know, like, people just don't like you. And I'm like, I, I just don't get this. Like, what is wrong with wanting to be liked? And I guess it can maybe rub people the wrong way if you try too hard. But, like, that was, like, a large part of, like, the way people, like, treated her when they when they criticized her it was like they it led to a lot of criticism but i could never really understand why would you say that you've always been kind of i'm not going to go so far as to say a stan or a fanatic but someone that's like kind of been like a little perplexed by the, like the public than any kind of negative press she got that seemed to like be from an unclear place is what i want to ask you because that's obviously something that she's kind of constantly talking about throughout where she just she wants to be like she wants to be respected and she doesn't want to like rock the boat too much. And that, that, that carries into the part of this movie that talks about like her decision to kind of stay away from politics. Yeah. I thought the whole like through line of the film was really fascinating. She starts off like you shared talking about how she lived her whole life wanting to be liked, wanting the approval. I think at some point she talks about like getting like the pat on the head that you were doing a good job. And that's Mm -hmm. how she felt. That's where her self-worth came from. And then she has this part in the movie. I don't know if you remember where she talks about that hashtag that was trending on Twitter that like Taylor is over party and people just made the decision that she was evil and vindictive and just 
not a good person. And she felt like at that point, it was so much more than just not liking her music. It was that they really didn't like her. And I think it's so interesting, like the comparison you made to Anne Hathaway. I think people in the media like make a decision about whether or not they like you and then that's it. And then is there any way to come back from it? I never really like totally understood why people didn't like her. I think people make judgments and make decisions. Like when she talks about how she was too thin and people would talk about how she's too thin and she's too pretty and she's too successful and she's too good of a singer or whatever it might've been. People often like make those judgments or criticisms, I think because it either comes from a place of jealousy or they just want to find a reason to hate you. I just thought it was really interesting how she just talked about how people fell out of love with her and like there was nothing that she could do to sort of like change their mind. Um, and, But I think what's even more interesting is how then she bounced back from that Mm -hmm. and she went through this period of time where no one saw her for like a year and that's where that album reputation came from. And then she rebuilt herself. I mean, do you remember when she posted on Instagram for the first time and it was like an image of a snake or it was something like that when it was like, it was so ambiguous and no one understood what it was, but amazing that she turned this period of time in her life into like the greatest PR marketing moment to like change her image in some way. Well, I don't know. I think it's interesting. Well, yes, but also I think a lot of people, I don't, and there's a little section in the movie towards the beginning where, where she learns that she didn't get any of the Grammy nominations in the big categories for Mm -hmm. reputation. And they, the movie kind of seems to acknowledge, I feel like that, uh, maybe that it wasn't the best thing for her to be writing from that place when she wrote that album in that it wasn't the best one. And she, I like the way she reacts in that moment where she doesn't really feel that sorry for herself. And she's like, yeah, I'll just make a better album. And she just see, I have a totally different impression. I felt that she was kind of like not defensive in that moment, but kind of like, all right, you know, it's okay. It's cool. Like we didn't get it. I'll make a better album. But I think if she would have gotten those nominations, I think obviously her response would have been very different, like very different. I didn't get the impression that they felt like reputation wasn't a good album or she shouldn't have been making music based upon that place in her life. Because she even talks about throughout the documentary that like what sets her apart is her storytelling ability and how she tells her life story through her songs and how her audience has grown up with her and her audience can, and her fan base can really like relate to what she's talking about that happens in her life. So I didn't get the impression that they felt like she shouldn't have made an album from reputation. I got the impression that she kind of felt like, okay, no, all right, we'll just switch gears. It's fine. Like a little bit like a defensive well, I, energy. Well, I, I didn't think her team thought that. Like, I think like, I mean, she, I think she was still proud of it. You mean like just her? Oh, well, no, I think, I think her team was like, I, I don't, th- I, th- I genuinely think her team liked it and they even told her that. And that, but she's like, yeah, it is a good album, but I'm going to make a better one. Like, and, and that's, and that's fine. If she found a way to channel all of the negative energy that was thrown her way during that high that led to that hiatus that yeah. that that is great and I agree but like I think the general public kind of responded more positively to lover than they did to reputation and yeah, that's true. And, 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 and maybe it has to do with like the period of time that she's sharing in her life. But I also think like as an artist or someone in entertainment, if you're not striving for the next thing that you create to be better than the last, yeah. then I think someone could probably argue like, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. Because you're always trying to better yourself. You're always trying to put out better content. I mean, even like with a podcast, like you're trying to refine your skills and how you communicate and how you relate and how you have a conversation. So I feel like I totally understood what she was saying about how she's just going to keep working harder and put out a better album. And it's, you know, 
I, like, I totally understood where she was coming from. I, I definitely did. And I, I don't know. It's like, I, I, and, you know, and I, and I agree with you and I, and I like that she went there, but I also think for me, at least, you know, a, a lot of 1989 and the movie doesn't focus much on, on her relationships, her personal relationships. And, you know, yeah. she, she had a big hand in this, I think. And I, that's another interesting thing to talk about. Well, I'm not sure how much there is to say about it, but just the fact that like, how do you think you're getting the most honest version of this when it's clear that like she was kind of a producer of the documentary in and of herself and she gets to kind of choose a lot of the content in it. But, you know, I think that a big part of what kind of went into 1989 and what made it great was that she'd come off this time of her life where like where you know people have hounded her more about just like her personality and like you said how she got this i don't know you didn't call her a snake but maybe that's part of what she meant by the snake is like people are calling her a snake and calling her dishonest and calling her untruthful and all that and 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 that's what that's what people are talking about in the aftermath of that that's been more of what the media had focused on in that time whereas prior to 1989 it was like always about her relationships who's who's this song about who's that song about and then 1989 is just like screw that i'm gonna do what i want and largely about like i'll go out i'll date who i want i'll i'll drink if i want i'll hook up with who i want i'll do all that stuff and i don't really care but it's it's not really kind of like pushing back against someone like specifically about her reputation it's just like i'm gonna live my life how i want to live my life and yeah that 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 was part of what was really inspiring about that album and um i think lover was kind of just like more of a focus on herself i mean as evidenced by the first song that we kind of heard off of that album was me. It's like, I'm going to focus on me. I'm not going to focus about what other people think. So, and I think those two albums were just better received than the other ones. And for me, at least what I took for it was that like, I think it's a better creative place for her, at least as far as creating really good art where she's like mm-hmm. not so much focused about what other people think. And even, even if yeah. like there is still value in uh, her going through that, going through that tough time in life that kind of led into reputation. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And I think the film does a really good job of showing that transition, Mm -hmm. you know, showing that transition from caring about what other people think, basing your entire self-worth on that to then moving to a place at the end where she talks about just like, she found this version of happiness in her life that is not dependent on what anybody else thinks or says or, or feels. And I think the whole film for me was about her showing and displaying her using her voice and her talent and her story in a really new and kind of different way. And so maybe move it, maybe that really ties into like Which, empowering herself and finding her voice and, and moving away from all of that. And I mean, I'm glad she finally got to got, went back to doing that because one thing I forgot to mention when we were talking about just that, that stretch of her career where it, she was inexplicably like not liked by way too many people for unclear mm-hmm. reasons. Mm-hmm. One thing I don't think she really gets enough credit for. I mean, it got talked about, but like one thing I don't think that she got enough credit for was, which I think she probably deserved even more credit for than she did when she kind of went through the uh, political awakening, which again, I, we're going to talk a lot about that was uh, the way she stood up for less successful artists on the streaming issue. You might even, I don't, I've never talked to you about this. You might know a little bit more about it as someone that's uh, just lives in LA and works in the entertainment industry. I mean, there's been a lot of progress made on that and I'm sure it's still a work in progress, but just how artists are compensated by Apple music and Spotify mm-hmm. and just uh, the, the little amount of money that they do get for the streams and how it was way too low to begin with. And Taylor Swift took the drastic step of taking all of her music off of Spotify before until they would ref- 
performed the way they did that, and they compensated other artists that just did not did not have the financial stability that she had. And I, I thought that was always a badass thing, as was the thing where she took the sexual harasser to court for only one dollar. It's mm-hmm. like that 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 happened. I think during I think that happened during the year she took off, if I'm if I remember correctly, or maybe it, it might have even happened a little before that. But either way, it didn't get that much publicity, and that was like a. I don't know. Actually, I think that did happen during that year off because I remember it happened pretty close to like when all the Me Too stuff started. And I was like, that is like a really badass thing. She actually did not get a lot of press for doing those two things compared to the amount of press that she gets for like other really stupid stuff that just reflects negatively on her. Yeah. Well, I think that goes to show like what the media focuses on Mm -hmm. and where a lot of I think that impression of like, in my opinion, at least this unfair media scrutiny on her. And who knows? I mean, she may not have wanted a lot of press or a lot of attention around the moves that she made to advocate for other artists. But I think what's interesting is that she continues to find ways to use her platform and use her fan base and the 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 wide like net that she does have to like advocate for other people. And that's why this move that she made to actually speak out against Marsha Blackburn in the midterm elections in Tennessee was like so huge because now you finally see her using her voice in a different way outside of entertainment and reaching that audience that she has. So I don't know. I think it's interesting. Who knows if she wanted a press around that anyway, but the media doesn't always focus on what people do. That's really awesome and commendable. They often focus on, you know, what size dress you're wearing and whether or not they liked it and if you're on the best dress list so stuff like that i don't know yeah i'd never really thought and this might have just been me and i me and what i focused on but i actually never really thought a ton about like body image stuff with respect to taylor swift i think i think it speaks to just how popular and how famous she is that like there is so much that goes on so much that gets talked about with her that someone could be someone that actually follows her pretty closely and not notice that part of the coverage because there's just so many other things to talk about with respect to her career and her personal life and and, and just the, with the politics stuff and everything that like I could just have really never really thought more than 10 minutes about any kind of criticism she gets from the media for her body and I think that was that's why I think it was so important that it got put in here because the fact that like there's probably other people like that that just didn't really focus on that part of her and it's such a big thing that like it can be like the the 10th most important thing about her with respect to me when at any given point in her life and probably for long stretches of time according to this movie based on the uh, brushes she had with eating disorders like it might have been the most important thing in her life so that is obviously weighing a ton on her when at the same time she has all of this stuff going on already that we just talked about and I think it's like people don't even really think about that when they like when they critique a star like that. It's like, and I, I think that's why a documentary like this was important because, as you mentioned, he took the year off where she went off the grid, and so we just didn't hear from her a lot. So I think it's like a cool move for her to actually do a documentary like this to like let us know, like, hey, I got a lot of shit going on. Yeah, and I think what you're what you said about body image is really interesting, and maybe it's my perspective as a woman and mm-hmm. and understanding criticism that that. The way that criticism really can show up in subtle ways, and I think you have to really like either experience it for yourself or really have a keen eye for it to know that these criticisms or critiques or or issues exist or are really out there. I mean, that one scene in the documentary when, and I can never remember this reporter's name, but she's on ET Entertainment Tonight. She 
commented on Taylor's dress and uh, about her legs and said, you're going to take home more than just like an award tonight. You're going to take home men based upon the way your legs look. And Taylor comes back and she says, oh, I'm not taking home any men. I just thought that was so interesting. And there were so many subtle moments like that throughout the documentary where they touch on body image, where they touch on the pressure to look a certain way. And then when she really comes out and she like explicitly says like, hey, I've suffered from an eating disorder and I literally have had to work on myself. And she really so profoundly talks about switching that channel off in her brain of we're not going there. We're not going to scrutinize a photo. We're not going to go down that, that dark hole. And I just thought how brave and how profound. And again, like these moments with the eating disorders or body issues, I think in the media, especially it shows up so subtly, no one really outwardly says, anymore, I think at least like that star is too skinny. They say it in other ways. So it was just interesting the way they brought attention to it. And I thought it was so important. And, and again, like so relatable for men and women out there who have maybe been in that position before, or who have felt that, um, inherent pressure to look a certain way. I think to some extent, we all feel that way. We all feel like there's a standard for both men and women and tell me if I'm wrong, but of the way to be the way to look, you know, how much weight you should have or shouldn't or how buff you should be or shouldn't or what kind of job you have or you shouldn't. So I just think it's interesting. It's like she talks about how there's always this measure that you can never reach this like threshold, this like bar. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, and I think it's sometimes hard for people to like sympathize with someone like that who, I mean, uh, to the, to the majority of the population and might just, they might just always seem, Oh, she's skinny. She has nothing to really worry about. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just based on just her general appearance. But the fact is like, it's hard if you're just an average Joe, like me, like it's hard to even imagine ever being under that kind of scrutiny. Like you might just assume people that look like that don't have problems in that department when, yeah. uh, it's easy to just kind of write that off and not think about it. Like, and, and, and I'm not, I, I don't even know if I ever gave it that conscious thought myself but like you know it was nice to see her talk about it and i mean really kind of probably actually start a dialogue about it a little bit did you see what happened like uh, with with, uh nikki glazer on instagram yeah and i think it's really interesting how it's like opened up this space for this dialogue so that even you and i are having this conversation right now and it's something that maybe you or someone else is more conscious of um because she talked about it and i think that's the power of using your platform and and your voice yeah okay well uh, spe- speaking of that, I, I, I do, I do want to ask, like, you, and you talked about the bravery that she had in, you know, sp- speaking out about her body in this movie, how much credit do you give her and how, how brave do you think it was th- as far as the manner in which she eventually did speak out against Marsha Blackburn, given the, her reticence to talk about political issues in the past? Yeah, I think, I think the way that she talked about it in the documentary was really powerful. And I Actually, think, can I ask you one question before I ask you that? Yeah. Uh, what responsibility in general? I want to ask bigger picture. What responsibility in general do you think artists have to like speak out on political issues like that? Because I'm a, I'm of a couple yeah. minds on it. Yeah, I think it's really controversial because I think when you're in the spotlight, there it goes one of two ways, right? Like you either use your platform for the better good to speak out, to talk about the injustices, like what you're passionate about, where you fall on the issues. And then on the other hand, I think there's a lot of fear for artists and and actors and whomever it might be or or 
you know, athletes like, Hey, if I speak out, will I lose opportunities? Will I lose a fan base, this and the other. And I think what Taylor talked about is so important and so true. And I think what everybody needs to remember, which is at the end of the day, it's about values. It's about what your values are, what you believe is right and wrong. And if you have a voice, which we all have one, you should use it and you should share how you feel and what you think. And not everybody is always going to agree with you and that's okay, but you're staying true to who you are and what you believe. So I, I do believe that people in the spotlight, whomever that might be, they, I think they do have a responsibility to speak out and share their opinion and where they fall on the issues and encourage activism and growth and people participating. And listen, if you're somebody out there and you, we have different, differing, you know, political views, that's okay. I may just not listen to you, but you should also use your voice. Yeah. And, and I, and I do kind of agree. I feel like, you know, maybe when you, I, I don't, I don't know if it's fair to like draw a line in terms of like where someone is at in their career and financially in any of that. My thing would be, we don't expect normal citizens to discuss how we want, how they want to vote. And, you know, famous people already like really have to give up a certain degree of privacy anyway. Should we really make them talk about those issues? And maybe at a certain point when like you're at a certain financial point in life where like you're going to be okay no matter what, maybe you really should use your platform to like kind of make a difference in that regard. But I think and that, and that's part of what I, I – maybe if I have one critique about the movie, I don't know if it really digs deep enough on that point specifically about whether, hey, maybe Taylor easily could have done this sooner if not for maybe the financial risk when she really was going to be fine financially anyway. But – and I'm, one thing I did respect about it was that she kind of head on straight up says it's kind of like really cowardly and and hypocritical of me to like go out there and mm -hmm. really like make a big deal of supporting gay rights, which she had done like well before I think even 2016. And and then she notably remember didn't say who she voted for in 2016. Personally, I, I'm pretty – goddamn sure she voted for Hillary. It's just she was kind of confused. Like she was really confused and probably conflicted about did she want to alienate a large section of the fans. But mm -hmm. I mean, the fact is like she is like very outwardly supportive of the gay community, which is a good thing going way back then. But like, how can you like make that such a big part of your platform and rely on that portion of the fan base as much as she did and, and counted on to then not like speak out against politicians that really did not give a shit about those people. And, and she explicitly says that she regretted not doing it sooner because of that. And I really did respect that part of her decision. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an interesting point. I don't know totally what my opinion is on that yeah. in terms of where someone stands financially. I think obviously it's always a personal decision to share your views, whether you're a celebrity or not. I think we're moving in a direction in our society where more people are A, encouraged to speak out about their political views and B, be very public about them. Um, I think as more people share their direct experiences um, as it relates to the issues that are being discussed. So, for me, I mean, I don't have any problem sharing where I fall on any political issue if someone were to ask me, but I can understand if you have a huge following or you're, you know, you're dependent on people liking you, you know, maybe you have some like hesitation or you're more cautious. But I think it was interesting that in the, the documentary, her dad, that moment where she's like with her dad and maybe her mom and I don't know if it was her manager or who was in the room. Well, I think, I, like I think, he, you know, I think it was actually because they didn't show his face, but they showed it if you were listening close captioning, I think. They, I think it was Scott Borchetta who oh, interesting. You know, she had the notable big split from uh, last yeah. year and, and, and the big public controversy with them. And, and it seemed like their concern was almost for her safety. Like if she were to come out and speak out against Marsha Blackburn, which was in turn really speaking out against Trump. So I thought that was a really interesting conversation and how she really was like, you're worried about my safety, but this woman is like a, 
is against the violence against women's actions. Well, that was part of it. That, that was part of it. But also what they said in that, in, in that scene, which is probably the most important scene in the movie – uh, the documentary was that they they all one of the other white men, whether it be her dad, Scott Borchetta, or the other white guy in the room, was like, "Oh, but we have projections that it'll cut your attendance at the concerts mm-hmm. in half, or cut the sales mm-hmm. in half, or whatever." And it, it's it's all subtext. It's not explicitly stated. I don't really know if they if they had a responsibility to say it or if they should have said it. But what they're basically trying to say is like, look, like a lot of your fans are probably Trump supporters or a, yeah. lot, of your, a lot of your fans are, are young girls in the South whose parents who would buy these, your albums or your concert tickets, they're the Trump supporters and they're not going to, they're not going to buy their stuff for these little, these little children. If like you make a statement like this and they didn't want to, exp- they didn't explicitly say that in the documentary, but that's all there. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and that, and that's kind of the rub. And that's probably the thing that prevented her from doing it sooner. Whereas, and my, my thing is like, she probably should have done more in 2016. Like she could have, like she's, she, I don't think she made a big deal of voting. It's just, they caught her at the polls and she wouldn't say who she voted for. But it's mm-hmm. like, seriously, at that point, it's like when you have someone like Trump, that's there, it's like, it's kind of like an all hands on deck thing. I mean, I know I just kind of waffled earlier when you made the more stronger statement that like, yeah, I do think everyone, <laughs> the famous people have a responsibility. And I was trying to parse it right there. But it's like yeah. when, when you're up against someone like Trump, like I, I mean, like I think I think when I when I think about it in those terms, as opposed to like more general terms, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it shouldn't be that hard of a choice, especially if you're where she's at financially. And, and I, I just don't I don't think there was enough of it. Like, she did say she regretted not doing it sooner, but I wanted to hear her talk about it more and be like, especially in especially in 2018, like she waited until two days before the voter registration deadline yeah, in Tennessee. That's a really like, good point. Which like, and, and they do, and they, and they talk about it and she sh- they show her getting all excited about the T-Swift bump or whatever it was with the voter registration. But the fact is she waited until two days before and yeah, she had all those guys like trying to get her not to do it, but she could have overruled them at any point. And who knows, like the voter, the fact that the voter registration went up that much in the two days before, who knows what would have happened if she had like gone hard on voting and voter registration for two months before as opposed to two days before i don't i i don't have the margins in tennessee in front of me i'm pretty sure marsha blackburn won by close to 10 points if not 10 points uh but like who who knows if someone that's like that influential in that state had done something sooner and again i i'm glad she did it and i'm glad she kind of acknowledged and regretted not doing it that she regretted not doing it sooner but i wanted to hear her actually kind of say that not just like because one thing we didn't actually talk about is just like there are other reasons not to do this and Mm -hmm. how much valid are those reasons because they they talk about the Dixie Chicks in this and that was such an interesting comparison, by the way, because I think a lot of people have forgotten about the Dixie Chicks. And they were, so to they bring were very, them up they is were, like yeah. so fascinating. And they're very popular. And, and I'm sure they were popular beyond like the the, the mm-hmm. hard, most hardcore of country fans. But they never made the same kind of transition Taylor did to pop. And no, but they also really suffered from speaking out against uh, President Bush. Oh, so no, th- that's what I'm saying. They really probably suffered even more than Taylor would have mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they so they relied so much on a much, much more specific set of fans because they yeah that they, specific they audience. Yeah, they didn't have the same broad appeal that Taylor had when I mean by the 1989 was and was pr- and at, at 1989 cents it's been more pop even if like people could have heard more country influences and and lover than maybe they had in the previous two albums like the fact that she has become this big of a star that's transcending country music she didn't really have to worry about alienating the mass mass majority of her the fan base like maybe the dixie chicks ultimately did by like making what i i did not realize was such an offhand comment at the time like it was they show it in the documentary it's a very small thing they say where we're disappointed in her precedent it was not even yeah but they also wrote that song about 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. So, um, but yeah, it's like Taylor had probably less to worry about from a financial standpoint and less to risk than they ultimately did. And she, and she, and she really waited. I'm glad that she ultimately, uh, decided like, Hey, made the calculus in her head and said like, Hey, I want to be on the right side of history. I respect yeah. that. But I, 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 I maybe just wanted a little more of an acknowledgement that like, Hey, I, I really hesitated because of the money. And that was probably part of it, but there's also like. The, but I don't know if that's the full story. No, it's definitely not the full story. But I think it's. I think it's. I think it's probably part of it. But also that. But also, she. One thing, like I was going to say though, they do talk about how like there is this expectation that like there like in country music, like one of the quotes I actually wrote down. Part of the fabric of country music is not to push politics on people. And yeah, they then, don't want to hear your political views. They just want to hear you sing. And then another quote is: "A nice girl waves and says thank you." And then uh, a nice girl doesn't make other people feel uncomfortable with her views and also that she was simply obsessed without obsessed with not getting in trouble so there there is that side of it where it's more just like how they're gonna even more so than the money how they're gonna look down upon a woman that like brings out those thoughts in country music so she did have a lot of thoughts going into it it was just like at at a certain point i i I think that the calculation that you do have to make is like i i'm big enough now that like you know i i can withstand the backlash and i think she was at that point before that she ultimately made the decision but I don't, I, I don't fault her too much because she does kind of recognize that and say that in the movie as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting. I think for me, the impression I really got from this whole storyline about her getting involved in politics and speaking out was she had, like you shared, like it's ingrained in you as a country music artist. You don't speak out about against politics. They show that scene with David Letterman. Um, oh, you know, where it's like. It was so weird, but like so how it's not her, him, yeah. yeah, and not her place to share her opinion either because she's a woman or she was young. Who knows what the subtext was of that? But I thought that her decision to like speak out and to share her political views on the election and the midterms in 2018, I thought it was really fueled from her moving away. At least the per- the perception I get based upon the way the film is, you know portrayed is that she's moving away from needing approval. She's moving away from needing other people to say, Hey, you did the right thing. You're, you're a good person. Um, you followed like the moral code of like, don't share your political opinion to saying like F that essentially (laughs) I'm going to speak out and I'm going to share the way that I feel and what I think and what I think is right and wrong and, um, just and unjust. And then how fascinating that then they move into talking about her writing the song lyrics or for the song, the man. And I just thought it was so fascinating how all of this was really weaved into like, I know this is not what we're talking about, but for me, it's just so striking. Like everything is weaved into how she writes her songs and her process and how it's motivated. Well, no, I'm, by glad, her, I'm, glad, like, I'm glad you went there. I, I, I was going to ask you about the songwriting process stuff next. So I'm glad you went there anyway. Yeah. So I think, listen, like, of course, if you're in a really good financial spot in your life, you're probably more apt to say something, but maybe on the flip side, you're not because you're worried about losing sponsors or ticket sales or album sales, whatever it might be. But I think at the end of the day, like the fact that she decided to speak out is huge. It's always going to be interesting why she chose that moment. Um, but I think it was her home state. I think that was, I think that was a big part of it. But I think she really set the stage for her to use her voice the way that she wants to um, moving forward and, and in the future. So the whole thing was really fascinating. Yeah, hopefully she is like out there, like not that like, I mean, she's probably going to be getting ready for the lover tour. But hopefully, hopefully she she, she decides to bring, um, be a little more uh, national with her uh, thoughts. And uh, as we approach November 2016, because yeah. no, November, November 2020, excuse me, we all we all we need all hands on deck. 
Um, we do. But I, but I, and I, I don't know. I mean, it was interesting, you know, when she wins that award um, in the documentary, they show that moment and she's saying this was voted by the people and you know what else is voted on by the people. I just think she's like gearing up to be more vocal, to be more of an advocate. I think that's really needed um, in every community. So I agree with you. We'll see what she does for, for the upcoming general election. Yeah, I, I I hope she I I do hope she uh, continues to uh, to speak out a lot. And I mean, it, it seems like I mean, obviously she kept it micro with the Tennessee stuff, but I, there were some nice moments in there where I mean, uh, it does talk about like Trump speaking out against her and and mm-hmm. and her. And her what, what, he likes she, her twenty five percent less. Yeah, she she got a kick out of that, but also like just when she's like right before they're posting the Instagram post and her publicist is like, yeah, Trump's gonna say something, and she just straight up says, "Fuck that, I don't care," which is like yeah. I mean, it was kind of drawing. I mean, she had cursed a couple times in the movie up until that point but it was it it, it it was good to see her not even hesitate in that moment uh yeah you, you i love when they were like cheers to the resistance i thought that was great i loved it very subtle but i was here no, for it i thought no, it was no, great no, very not so subtle but i was still there for it, i would say <laughs> um uh but uh, you mentioned her kind of channeling some of this stuff into her songwriting and that was one of the last things i wanted to ask you about was just getting to see that part of the business songwriting i feel like is a very uh it's it's I feel like it's a harder thing to depict. I mean, there's some movies that obviously deal with musicians, and but I think a lot of movies about music are focused more on a earlier time where you kind of have like a whole band in a recording studio. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, the last mm-hmm. couple of years we've seen like the we've seen Rocket Man, we've seen Bohemian Rhapsody, that uh, even Her Smell, which was uh, you know a lesser seen indie movie from last year with Elizabeth Moss uh, playing a fictional rocker. Uh, that that was more like someone with a band where she's recording with a band, and there's a lot of scenes here. I thought it was interesting. The fact is, we I don't think we get to see the modern songwriting really depicted all that much. Even though there's there's all these like guys like Max Martin and Mark Ronson and uh, Jack Antonoff's a little more well known because he had his own band. But like a lot of these other guys that Taylor works with, who uh, I, I don't know anything about them other than they somehow write like 50 percent of like the biggest hits you hear on the radio. So it was kind of cool to see how that operation worked, where it's like literally just her in a room with a guy. Yeah. Uh, what did you yeah. think? Of, what did what did you think about that part of the movie? I mean, I, I just thought it was so cool that they gave this kind of like behind the scenes look of what her process is like. Mm-hmm. And that really like all those like random moments of bursts of inspiration and you see like the excitement and the joy on her face. And she's like, I got it. I just thought that was so cool because, you know, we see the finished product. We see what the song is. We know the lyrics. So I found myself like when she was writing, they were showing like for the man or, um, Oh, I don't remember the other song they were talking about. And I was like singing the lyric in my head. Cause obviously at this point I know what it is. Um, well, but they, they, they talked about, they, they, they mean the, they showed most of me. That was the other one. Yeah, and then they, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting how they like show the process of like getting to that final mm-hmm. lyric and the, what she was playing around with. And then when it hits, I, I don't know, I thought it was cool. And I thought how storytelling really weaved itself throughout the entire film, because I think I mentioned this at the beginning, she talks about how every artist has a thing that sets them apart. And for her, it's her storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was awesome that they made that the songwriting process, that storytelling, really the through line through the entire film. Yeah. And I mean, it was cool to be reminded that she had been doing that specifically since she was like 12. I mean, they show some yeah, footage of her as I a child writing. That. And it's I like, it's, cool. I mean, it's cool to like, I mean, that sets her apart from a lot of pop stars. A lot of pop stars don't really write their own songs. And it's cool that like it, 
to show that like she's kind of like a a bit of a prodigy at that that had been doing that since such a young age. Like who 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 thinks about writing songs at twelve? You know, like it's like you <laughs> might you might think of kids that like like enjoying to sing or watching other people sing or playing an instrument, but like songwriting specifically to be that into that at like twelve years old and that she found others. I mean, I remember thinking at a certain point, it's like when she had only done her first couple albums. I'm like, okay, like. I guess maybe she writes it, but I don't necessarily buy that all of this is stuff that happened to her because it's like you've been like you moved down to Nashville when you were like 15 and moved your family down there. Like, how could you have really had that normal of a high school experience where you like had that many broken hearts? But either way, she did write the songs. So yeah. no, no, no matter how much of it happened, it's like they're all really good songs. And it's all really impressive that like that all came to her even and that she was even doing it when she was like 12 because I knew she obviously wrote a lot of her debut album like when she was like early in high school, but she'd even been doing it before then. And she just had songs and songs and songs and songs. And uh, she really made it happen. But like, but yeah, like you said, I I enjoyed seeing like those um, those short creative bursts too. I mean, I, me's not even like one of my probably five favorite songs off of Lover, but mm-hmm. I, I still enjoyed that watching that process a ton. Where like even just like you can see how it starts out with like such a small part that was something that we do recognize from that song, and and then how she would presumably already been working on it for a good deal before uh, they, they brought in Brendan Urie, and then they, they then they're working on it together. It's like wow, like it's just kind of cool, like how this starts so small and then gets to that point. Yeah, I agree. I think it was really cool that they showed all of this, and I think especially as somebody who's a fan of hers, just to see her make her art and how it really relates to her life. And you can now really like get a sense of, oh, that's where that song came from. Oh, that's where that moment came from. I don't know. I thought it was a really cool behind the scenes yeah, one of the um, thing, look. Yeah, one other thing I forgot to ask you about. Um, do we Did we ever actually get the full um, – the full story on the the Kim phone call, the Kim Kardashian phone call that they put they put online because they that, like kind of talk about it, but not really. Well, I mean, it's just I had always kind of assumed because that was the thing. Like, I, who knows how unfair the media was to Taylor Swift on that one? But if you only really paid as much attention as I did, you would have thought it was like kind of an undisputed thing that like yeah, she lied because that's basically how everyone reacted, and that really spurred a lot of the hate on. And I, I just I forgot to bring this up when we were talking about that that pre-reputation period but like i just kind of always assumed that i was like whatever like i mean i mean i i still like taylor swift that maybe it was just a mistake on her part what i didn't i didn't dwell too much on it myself life's too short for that i had other stuff going on but then like in the documentary they actually like make the point like did you ever see the uh did you ever see the actual part where kanye says hey i'm gonna call you a bitch in my song and mm, I was like, mm-hmm. "Huh, you never actually like really see that." You did, and I, and I remembered, I, I remembered the Kim, the Kim Kardashian putting the phone call up there, and it's saying like, and you, I remember hearing the part where he's like, "Thanks for being so cool about it," and she says, "Yeah, the heads up is just really nice," but that's all you say, it, it, right? I mean, but you don't know like what lyric came before was that. like read to like, her. Yeah, I, I don't. Do you ever remember seeing a part of the phone call before that part of it? Because. I don't Not really. And I, I kind of have trouble believing that she would just be enthusiastic about like being called a bitch. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, listen, I think the whole lyric in Kanye's song is is a little much, like in yeah. general, but it's rap, it's Kanye West. So who knows if he read that part to her or not? But I think, you know, I think the whole controversy around it was obviously like such a huge catalyst. And I remember being like, okay, like, what's the truth? You know, that Oprah meme where it's like, what is the truth? Like, <laughs> that's what I wanted to know. Like, what is the truth here? But they don't really touch on it, I feel yeah, like. And I, and I, and I, guess, we're, and I guess we're never going to know, but I just tend to realize that she actually, because 
because she did go radio silent for like a year. But it's just like that. That's just like such a big thing in her life and career and the the path that set her on since then. That like I just think it's so weird that like we might never actually know the full truth. I, and I, that yeah. was just one thing I wanted to ask you about. I was like, wait, am I clear on that? Like, are they like just putting out something that's kind of unsubstantiated in the documentary, or do we never actually see the beginning of that call? Because like you said, it is rap. If like. If, if this whole phone call thing between them had never happened, he just put the lyric out, like he might have gotten like a little bit of criticism and then it might have just, we never, might have never talked about it again. But it, tur- it turned into this whole thing where, or I think it was more the music video probably almost than the lyric because um, the music video is so graphic. But I don't know, it was just weird. I was like, yeah, you know, I never saw that part of the, that part of the phone call. And I just think it's odd that everyone treated it like it was a definitive lie and she still maintains that it really kind of wasn't, but she's moved on. And I think that's one of the impressive things that she moved on and, you know, has really kind of channeled that into the next two albums and like as we talked about but that was just an odd thing and i wanted to kind of revisit that for a second because it, again it was kind of a big deal sydney before we wrap up any other thoughts about taylor swift about the documentary anything i forgot to ask you about that you wanted to mention no i feel like we really covered it i thought overall it was really well done and i thought it was empowering i thought it was really thoughtful i mean of course we're seeing seeing this from taylor's perspective and you mentioned that you know about her being a producer on the the film and and what are we really seeing is it really tailored is it edited but i think I think this is what we really needed to see for so long. You know, you don't know what the ins and outs of someone else's life is like and what their thoughts are and what their experiences are. You can see it from like the outsider looking in, but you don't really know how something impacts someone else. So to kind of get that lens and that ability to see that, I think was really cool and really needed. And I don't know, I just love how she really ends the documentary, you know, talking about how like she felt really misunderstood and everything led up to this moment. And she's done a lot of growing and she's focusing on educating herself and, and just, you know, being able to be thoughtful about what she says and what she shares. And I think at the end, she talks about like always wanting to have like a sharp pen, I think she said like thin skin and an open heart. And I think I just love that. I love the way she ended it. So it, it was, I thought overall it was really good. Um, of course I still have some questions as do you, but yeah, who knows, yeah. maybe they'll make another one. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed it too. I recommend people watch it and yeah, I made the point about it. it's always a little weird when you know, someone's pretty involved in it and it's like how, how much of the truth that you're getting. But I do feel like you do get a good sense of who she, who she truly is. And the other, the only other thing I had, had written down was like, I mean, we don't get much about her personal relationships, but I don't think we really needed it. I'm glad she's, mm-hmm. if she thinks that she needs to keep her relationship, uh, current one private, then all the more power to her and every other relationship up to that point had been kind of covered to death. So I don't really yeah. think there was a lot left to say about it. Cause that was like the biggest thing that had been covered. And- And that's a really good point, too, because I think the media has only focused on how many men she's dated and her relationships and what does that look like and what does that mean? And for her to take the narrative away from that and talk about what is important to her and what her experiences have been, talking about her eating disorder, talking about speaking out in politics, Mm -hmm. um, talking about that period of her life where she, you know, disappeared, I I think, in her songwriting process and about her mom and cancer, just talking about the things that are really important to her and her life experience, I thought was cool. She took the narrative back. She empowered herself. She used her voice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, and I think, I think part of the reason why I, um, why, like why my, I was even thinking so much about that and, and why I might've been, so, why maybe I'm so hard on reputation was that like, I, I, I had always <laughs> thought, I, I had always thought that it was going to be like, like the most badass breakup album ever because like she broke up with Calvin Harris, like 
some somewhere in that time before it came out. And yeah. that was like I think that was probably the longest relationship she had had. Like obviously we know all the famous guys she had like dated for at least some time before then, but that was probably the longest continuous like romance she had had like since she'd been in the public eye. So I just thought that was gonna result in like a devastating breakup album. And um and, and some people are speculate that lover uh, uh that I forgot that you existed was about him, but like that hasn't really been proven. So I don't know. That 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 was just a thing I had thought about, but I'm glad I, I don't I, I agree with the point you just made and I think those are very good reasons for why that didn't not need to be a huge part of this documentary uh sydney before we get out of here uh you want to plug your podcast or anything else yeah well thanks for having me i feel mm-hmm. like my brand with your show is always talking about documentaries we talked about the inconvenient truth and rbg and now taylor swift so the next time there's a doc uh give look me you're a invited call. for a feature film i, I just you just <laughs> got to tell me what you're seeing that's what i was okay i'll loot i'll let you know what i when i'm uh when i'm watching I, always tell, but I, I like when friends just reach out to me even if it's not to be in the podcast i like hearing what people are seeing and their thoughts totally. are. So you just gotta okay. do that and then I, you're welcome to come on to okay i'll be better i'll be better about letting you know Though, All the though, though, about if you, though if you don't, I'm just thing. not. Though if you don't, I'm just going to invite you on for the next documentary about an inspiring woman. So perfect, because so. that seems to be my brand. So I'm here for it. So thanks for having me. This yeah. is fun as always. Um, as Josh mentioned, I have a podcast. It's called Seek the Joy Podcast. Um, it features heartfelt storytelling and conversations on all things self love, joy, connection, wellness, um, and empowerment. And I feature a new conversation with a really cool person every week. So I'd love for you to check it out. You can find us on uh, Seek the Joy Podcast. Or just uh, search for Seek the Joy wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Yep. And as usual, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Chernovoy, J O S H J U R N O V O Y. The podcast on it's on Twitter at The Rewind Movie Pod. The podcast email is The Rewind Movie Pod at gmail.com. So send us any feedback there. Uh, coming up next on the podcast, we'll have a uh, episode about. Uh, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn and then the sequel to uh, To All the Boys I've Loved Before To All the Boys P.S. I Still Love You I think is the name but again it should have it's it's just very confusing and I keep forgetting it so uh, but everyone look forward to those Uh, thanks again to City for joining us and we'll see you next time